Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. George Affleck in for Mike Smith today. It's time for Baldry's Beat. Uh, Keith, you there? I'm here, George. Cool. We're going to talk a bit about a few things. So anybody wants to call in after in this morning, they can call the number at 604-280-9898, 604-280-9898. Let's touch on a few uh, top issues here. The numbers, 20, they got some good good numbers and bad numbers yesterday. Yeah, so the good news is our, our daily case numbers of COVID-19 continue to go down. Uh, rolling seven-day average is a, a continuous decline. Some days go up, some days go, go down, but generally... The numbers are going down. The number of people in hospital is going down. The number of people in ICU is going down. But there's also 20 people died over the weekend. And just in case people think this is still a disease that really only claims old people, uh, like over 80, while that age group does represent the greatest number of, of people who die from COVID-19, I note on the weekend two people in their 40s and two people in their 50s died from COVID-19. Uh, so, again, no age group is immune to this virus, but the good news is it's uh, it's shrinking in number, but we're still at a very high level. The yeah, and I think that's we're, we don't get a ton of information about who those people were, and, and and the whole precondition issue is something that we still don't really get information on. Correct? That's right. We don't we don't know if there's under, underlying health uh, conditions. Um, they're, they're only now starting to share on a regular basis the age of people who are dying from COVID-19 because for the longest time it was, again, primarily people over the age of 80. But when we have younger people dying, I think it's in everyone's interest to have that information brought to the public's attention to, again, hammer home the point that just because you're in your 30s or 40s doesn't mean you could face the worst ultimate outcome of getting COVID-19, which is why, again, you have to practice as many health protocols as you possibly can to protect yourself. Adrian Dick says we need to hold a line right now and we need to keep doing what we're doing We've got to live very much in the present right now, and that means following public health orders, following public health guidance, getting registered, and getting vaccinated. If we, if we can do that now, it opens up opportunities later. Well, we've got to remember the present is not the opening up. The present are the orders that are in place, the guidance that is in place, sticking local and, uh, and doing everything you can and getting vaccinated, getting registered, and getting vaccinated. So <laughs> clearly we're not opening up. Um, no, he made, he made that comment in response to a question about opening up. And I think, you know, there's, um, we are going to open up at some point, George, there's no question. But mm-hmm. it was interesting, Saskatchewan has introduced its reopening plan. But we're not going to get that for some time until at least after the long day weekend, the long weekend, um, uh, some some days from now. And even then, I don't think it's going to be that detailed. It's going to take a lot of time to figure out how to reopen restaurants, how to reopen uh, religious services, how to reopen uh, other gatherings of people in larger numbers than what we have right now. And that's going to take some time. But I think we're going to get there because the number of people being vaccinated is really starting to increase uh, many fold. We're getting so many doses of vaccine in May and June that are going to dwarf what we saw in uh, in March and April. So we're getting, uh, yesterday and today, 276,000 Pfizer doses have arrived. We had 135,000 Moderna 
doses arrived last Friday. So that's going to be consumed through the entire week. We're going to hit potentially 350,000 arms this week. And for those listening, if, I think for an, a longer period of time, people in their 30s and 20s, even their 40s, thought, well, no sense of getting registered right now. It's going to take a long time for me to qualify. That is not the case. You're going to, we're over 40s were eligible as yep. of last night to be uh, to get an appointment. We're going to be uh, targeting people in their 30s next week, which is much earlier than what had been anticipated. And we're going to open it up. I'm, my understanding is we're going to open up to everybody over 18 within a matter of uh, before the end of next week. Well, and a friend that means of, getting registered now. Yeah, and a friend of mine just got his call yesterday. He's 31 because he lives in Kensington area in Vancouver. And yep. I guess through the data, uh, through the, the app, it identified that neighborhood. And so he, get pri- he gets priority. And so yep. if you're not on the app, and you live in a neighborhood that potentially gets put in their priority. You're not going to get that. You're not going to get that call. No, so. and there's a, there's a lot of uh, Vancouver, Kensington. That's a good example. That is an area with a high incidence of COVID-19. Has been for some time. So uh, the vaccination strategy rolling out is to target these areas where there's high levels of transmission, and that will bypass the age groups. Everybody in that area is going to get the vaccine. And again, we're getting so many doses so quickly. Uh, there's, you know, we were when we hit 50,000 arms last Thursday. That was a big deal. Well, that's mm-hmm. going to be replaced by a new record, which will probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of 70,000 or 80,000 people a day. I think that's why people are a bit confused and frustrated. We have Ian, Ian Tossinson, for example, from the Restaurant Association, would love a timeline for reopening. I would think it'd be just terrific for BC to have that, both from a motivational point of view and something to look forward to. So, you know, you hear from Ian a lot. He's been very. Um, cautious, I think, and, and he's been not overly aggressive, but uh, I think it's frustrating. But we did hear, I heard yesterday that one of the reasons that we haven't seen a huge spike with the variants is because we decided to close the restaurants. Yeah, so when, when we, were, we were getting um, 700, 800, 1,000 you know, cases a day, that's when restaurants became a problem, because uh, not because they were restaurants, just because there was mm-hmm. more people gathering indoors. And that's what, a big reason why they're closed. Now we're down well, well south of that, but we're still not at a level yet that I think you're going to see restaurants reopen. Ian Tossison does a great job advocating for his members. In fact, I think of any sector, that's probably been the most effective sector in, in dealing with public health. But listening to Dr. Bonnie Henry yesterday, she does uh, feel and points out that she thinks restaurants have to reopen. We have to go back mm-hmm. to in-person dining. Uh, partly through mental health, but also <laughs> just because it's uh, we're getting to a level where that's going to be allowed. So I think June, if you're if you're a restaurant owner, and it's all about rehiring your staff. I would look. I would anticipate a June reopening for in-person dining. I'm not saying I'm not get, saying that on inside. You're not, you're not making your reservation right now, but no. Yeah. It, but um, I think that's logical to assume that's where we're going to be. Is June seems to be the moving target. And Dr. Bernie Henry's always been reluctant to put firm dates and, and mm-hmm. targets for things. It's more, you know, we'll see how it goes rather than setting, fixing a, a fixed date for doing A, B, or C. But we're seeing modeling in real, life, real time. When we look at the UK, for example, who, who's big in on yep. the AstraZeneca, they've chosen it said 5% vax, you know, in the first dose. Uh, they're looking at, re- you know, they, they did their whole announcement yesterday about the reopening process, yellow, even for international travel. They were very mm-hmm. specific. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it may not be exactly what we do, but it does provide some clarity on what we might look like if once we get to 75%. 
Yeah, and we're going to be at 75% sooner than you think. I mean, we could be there by, by the end of May. I think we'll probably at least be at 70%. We could be at 75%. And that's what I think. My understanding is there is a plan being drawn up. It's just not ready yet and, and will not be released until we see what the numbers are like after the health order uh, reaches its first expiry date on May 25th. And it may be extended past then, which is the ban on in-person dining and, and uh, a ban on travel. Uh, but uh, the numbers, I think the public health wants to see proof that this is working on a continuing basis rather than just sort of a one-off thing. But the numbers right now are encouraging, which, again, I think by the time we get to June, I think we are going to see an easing of restrictions. What are you going to do with yourself, Keith? Yeah, <laughs> I might go to the Okanagan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Horgan's got his big uh, legislation piece today and his announcement at 1115 yep. on sick pay, which is somewhat related to COVID, but also potentially a long-term uh, strategy. Well, it, it's going to be interesting. Ontario's um, sick pay bill expires in September, uh, end of September, with the anticipation with everyone vaccinated, we don't need it. But um, the pandemic sometimes changes things permanently. It'd be interesting to see whether the legislation introduced today has a similar sunset clause or whether it becomes permanent. I doubt that it's going to please a number of advocates who've been pushing for this because they want, you know, something like 10 days paid sick leave. I can't see a government bill enshrining legislation 10 um, paid sick days on a, pri- a small private business. But be- nevertheless, it's going to be more than what exists now. And most workers don't have paid sick, sick pay, but we'll see exactly at 11.15 what this, uh, this announcement is going to be. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. George Affleck in for Mike Smith and joining me is Keith Baldry, Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief on Baldry's Beat. And we've got some calls here with us. We've got Jason from Vancouver. Jason, any thoughts for Keith and for me? Yeah, i got a couple questions for Keith. Seems informed um uh, I know that you know make the decisions, but what numbers do you think might need to be hit for in-person dining and uh, let's say you know travel to the Okanagan before we can do that? And I don't know if you guys were familiar over the weekend, um, big boxing match in Texas. There's like seventy-three thousand people packed in a stadium, and I looked up some numbers that found that only thirty-one percent of Texans were you know double uh, vaccine vaccinated. And they didn't have any sort of control. So undoubtedly, there's definitely people in there that were vaccinated and no outbreaks associated with that so far, similarly to their Texas home, uh, Texas Ranger home opener about a month ago with 38,000 people. What do you attribute that to? Okay, good. Lots of stuff there, Jason. Keith. <laughs> First of all, in terms of what the numbers should be before we reopen, I don't think anybody really knows that. I don't think Bonnie Henry has that figure in her head quite yet. But um, I think we're going to have to be down in the low hundreds 
uh, one or 200 uh, cases a day before we get even remotely into opening up to a significant level of having large. Yeah, you think about back in September, we were down at, you know, under 100. Yeah, and and it really wasn't until late September, October, where things started to explode. Mm -hmm. And that's that's when things became problematic. But I note, uh, back then, we did have in-person dining. And so I think we are going to see in-person dining return, even though we have still high numbers of of cases. The one wild card in this, again, most of our cases now are variants of concern. And now I see the virus first detected in India has now been officially ruled a variant of concern by the World Health Organization. Mm -hmm. And that's the new thing that uh, we're going to have to deal with in BC as well, because that virus is showing up in large numbers as well. So that, that could derail all this right now, but so far, exploding it doesn't again. look like it will. Jason mentioned the states, and the, a lot of people have had a single dose, and they're having these giant, you know, yeah. they're just basically going, ah, oh, I got my dose, I'm good to go. Uh, that seems to be the case, and certainly that's kind of what's happening in England. They're saying, okay, it's 75% done, let's move forward. Do you get the sense that that's sort of similar, and I think maybe is it based on impatience by government and by people? Well, you know, it's uh, what, I've, what I've noticed uh, all along is um, – Dr. Bonnie Henry and our public health team seems to put a higher premium on mental health than a lot of other jurisdictions. And mental health is seen as not having severe uh, lockdowns, not having severe restrictions. We haven't had anywhere near the restrictions other provinces have had. We haven't been in that proverbial lockdown, and largely because it's to ensure people's mental health is at a higher level than if you're in a lockdown stage. So, again, that's why I think the prospects are good for June and July to, to open up again, because we really haven't closed a lot of stuff. Okay, Bruce from Surrey. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to make a statement about uh, the restaurants. About over a month ago, I took my partner to Costco for the vaccine, and I was appalled. There was thousands of people in there, shoulder to shoulder. When the when the pandemic first started, um, shopping stores were regulated about the number of people that could go in, but that's gone out the window. And Prior to that, I was all for restaurants being closed. I, I was following everything that, that uh, the health system told us to do. All right, but after Bruce. seeing that... Yeah, it's... it's- that, that, thanks. Yeah, Keith, that's it, that's what the restaurants have been saying in a lot of these you know protests early on. We're saying, hey, why can you go to Costco and, yeah. and line and just walk in and you can't come to my restaurant? Yeah, and you know why why are churches closed and pubs open? You know that was the other one. Um, so a lot of this is based on the evidence gathered by contact tracers mm-hmm. of when they interview people with COVID nineteen. Where have you been? Who have you talked to? Yeah. What have you done? And the evidence didn't support the notion that Costco was necessarily um, causing a lot of transmission, but some and there really restaurants weren't causing a lot of transmission. But when we hit numbers of seven, eight hundred a day, a thousand a day, restaurants were suddenly included in the in the evidence of where the the virus was transmitting the most. And again, in terms of uh, stores, there's the, the work safe rules are still in place. They haven't changed. So if stores are breaking the rules, they run the risk of being closed. Indeed, if you go to the Fraser Health Authority website, you will see a list da- posted daily of businesses that have been required to close for 10 days or more because three or more people test positive on the work site. And that has included some a number of retail outlets. And those contact tracers, if anybody knows somebody who's been in contact with somebody of COVID, they're, they're tenacious. I have seen that with mm-hmm. some of my friends that they are on it here in BC. So they are definitely collecting data. Kurt from Surrey. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank morning. you for taking my call. Um, when the new restrictions came in on the 23rd, um, 
my elective surgery was canceled at that point. I was supposed to have knee surgery four days later. So uh, I didn't hear much of the uh, the news conference yesterday afternoon. I was wondering if there's any indication of when elective surgeries are going to be placed back on order. Cool. Okay, Kurt, go ahead. Yeah, that, didn't, that did not come up yesterday, but Adrian Dix has said this is uh, the goal is to reschedule these as soon as possible. But it was going to take at least two weeks, if not a little longer. Uh, to reschedule some of these surgeries. It's about 1,700 uh, that have been rescheduled, all of them elective. And it's interesting, if you go back more than a year ago, all the surgeries were cancelled. And this is a relatively small number, but unfortunately, the caller, if you're the person who gets rescheduled, it's a pretty big deal to you. But the numbers are nowhere near what they were at the in the, in the first wave. But the goal is to get these, these surgeries rescheduled within a couple of weeks. All right. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks, Keith. We're out of time. Talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, talk to you tomorrow. Anybody, a couple of people couldn't get through. I'm sorry about that, but feel free to call our buzz line at 331-2899, 604-331-2899.